Good afternoon. This is Rich Ness along with my partner in crime, Brandon Lewis, for this week's Embedded Insiders. Good afternoon, Brandon. Hi, how are you doing, Rich? I am doing pretty good. I am back from, well, it was supposed to be vacation, but as you know, vacations aren't like vacations used to be. I, I always say, unless you go on a cruise and you cut yourself off, you're going to end up doing a working vacation, and I did one of those. I'm from Phoenix, and I have no idea what a cruise is. <laughs> That's actually funny. Okay. Well, let me tell you why I had a working vacation. Um, I, I spent a lot of time working on the uh, IAR DevCon series, which I am super jazzed about. Um, for the folks out there, we are, uh, we've partnered with IAR Systems to host this series of developer conferences around the world. 30-some-odd locations over the next two years. First one is uh, the 9th of May in San Jose. Hey, it's a rhyme. And then the following week in Stockholm and Munich. Uh, Half-day events. If you want more information, it is IARDevCon.com. That's the URL, right? Yes, I believe so. But And I swear this wasn't um, planned, but what can people hope to find out there? Is this more for... Uh, you're an average show, a DevCon attendee, or is it a engineering type conference? What can we expect? Uh, it's it's a half day event, and you'll hear mostly from the IAR folks, and they'll talk to you about their embedded workbench, how to use the tool, where the tool's going. But they, I mean, they're the leaders in that space. You know, if you're an embedded developer, there's a there's a pretty good chance that you're using the IAR tool. So um, if, if you're either using the tool, if you want to find out more information, you have plans to use it, you want to find out why everybody's using it but you, uh, you should probably plan to attend one, one of these events. It, um, there's no charge to attend. Um, there will be very small audiences in each, in each place. We're capping the audiences at around 25 people because uh, they want to have a very much one-to-one experience with each of the attendees to, to be able to speak to the attendees and find out what they're working on and how they can help them. Pretty cool stuff. Yeah, that's great. Speaking of, of some of this cool stuff, while I was on vacation, when I'm doing the air quotes here, um, I saw something interesting last week uh, that Intel is, I'm not sure how you say this, if they sold, if they divested themselves, but they're no longer the owner of Wind River. Did you happen to see that? Yeah, I did, and uh, raises a lot of questions for me but on both sides. Actually, for Wind River, it seems like it's going to be a pretty good move. I think one of the things that happened to them, you know, there were a lot of question marks uh, raised when Intel purchased them about how Wind River would assimilate, and they never really did. Um, one of the things that is going to be beneficial for Wind River is the just the stigma for a lot of people who aren't using Intel architecture um, that Wind River is an Intel architecture-based RTOS. I mean, everybody knows our, our operating system suite of software. It's more comprehensive portfolio than that now, but everybody who's really, really involved in technology knows that you know an operating system doesn't have to be tied to a specific architecture, but I think throughout industry there is a a preconceived notion by some that the operating system and the rest of their tools may have ended up being tweaked a little bit in favor of IA. So hopefully they'll be able to get away from that a little bit now. Okay, so here's my take on this. Um, when the acquisition first happened, I guess it was a while now, I'm going to say six, seven years maybe. Would you happen to know when that was? 
Uh, I can't remember, but I think it, was, it feels like more than six or seven years ago. Yeah, okay. Well, when it first happened, I know I was on record saying, well, it's just a matter of time you know, before they integrate them in and the Wind River name goes away and, because that's what, what we've seen happen in, in the past. And uh, I, I got to tell you, I was surprised that they really kept themselves separate. And, I, and certainly to their credit, they were able to do that. Um, and then it just seemed like over the last year or so, they were starting to integrate them into the, the Intel ways of doing things. And some of the different groups were getting moved over. And it seemed like they were just starting the, the full takeover of Wind River. So that's why I was pretty much surprised by this, that it looked like they were moving them together, and then all of a sudden we get this news that they're apart. But um, I think, it, I, as you said, I also think it's good for Wind River. I don't think that it was um, Intel had ever done them any harm. I don't think the brand was hurt in, in any way. Um, and now that they're separate, they'll just, they'll just keep going on their own merry way. And um, from what our readers tell us, they are the leader in the space, you know, in, in the art house space. So good for them. Yeah, see, you brought up some things that there that were some of the bigger questions I had on the Intel side. Um, it seemed to me that over the past three, four years, you know, Intel started making this big push into IoT and delivering IoT solutions and, you know, the whole end-to-end nature of that, how, you know, with platforms like Cork, which is now, you know, I think, in oblivion, um, would help people deploy edge sensor platforms and then using Wind River RTOSes and Wind River Linux and, you know, all the way up through their cloud offerings that would run on big Xeons in the, in the data center, uh, you know, that Intel would be able to provide that whole end-to-end uh, -end solution. And recently, they, that seems to have fallen apart a little bit. Um, I was pretty, I don't know, I don't want to say confused, but surprised by the fact that, you know, for so long that they that Intel's had this messaging around IoT that then they would go off and flip Wind River to a, a VC. But uh, you know, m many people making much more money than me are making these decisions. So maybe they have something else up their sleeves. Well, I'm sure the company line is that um, we will continue to have Intel as a customer, just as we always had. Yo, for sure. Yeah, and I'm I'm just saying that from the Intel's out, you know, out outward facing marketing um it just seems a little bit perplexing that you know you take you know wind river with sort of a glue at least in, in my opinion for a lot of that edge to cloud story that intel is spinning and it just you know some of that some of that is uh gone now but you know i'm sure they'll find cash in other places very good hey uh who are we brought to you by there brand uh, we're brought to you by the Trusted Computing Group. Learn how to secure the insecure Internet of Things by visiting trustedcomputinggroup.org. And speaking of another conference, um, Trusted Computing Group is going to be joining us at Sensors Expo in San Jose in June, I believe. Uh, make sure you check that out and see if you can attend. Absolutely. That is the last week of June, and uh, the topics we will be covering are industrial IoT, which has become our forte. Yes, it has. Okay. Oh, and one, one disclaimer. One disclaimer. We did uh, try and reach out to some people over at Wind River um, and Intel about the uh, acquisition, and they're sort of holding tight until everything's finalized. I just assume people would know that, that, that we would reach out without, and we wouldn't just go on the air and 
without any sources. <laughs> that was Brandon Never. Lewis, and I am Rich Nass. We are the Embedded Insiders of Embedded Computing Design. Have a great day, Brandon. You too, Rich.